I've never seen a statue of a Filipino person before. Very short. Are they short statues? Or like... <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> like... First off, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Neil, thank you for doing the podcast, man. I really appreciate you taking your time. Anything. Have you a busy day? Anything for you. Thank you, man. So, for the people who don't know Neil, I want to explain our relationship. So, Neil is a producer, showrunner. How many hats do you wear? As many as I have to. So, producer, showrunner, writer. Uh, Have you acted in anything? No, 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 no. No, you, you like fuck that. You do not want to show your face, dog. I think he's wanted. I think there's gonna be like a documentary. You escaped Ohio or some shit. And they're gonna use your podcast. <laughs> no, I don't like being on camera. Why do nobody wants to see me? Nobody cares about me. I want nothing to do with being on camera. I'm only doing this because Monroe Martin asked me, and he's the best. Yo, I appreciate that, man. But come on now, man. Pee on camera. Yo, you can be. Wait. I won? How did I win? And you didn't even do nothing. It's because I didn't go. Oh. I guess I. (laughs) Are you one of those people where. Yeah, let's play again. Are you one of those people that you got to be super focused? Like you can't. Yes. I don't do. I don't. Yes. I want to be clear. If anyone's watching this. If I lose a game, it will be because I'm trying to answer a question and be eloquent and not thinking about the game. I'm very... So, the pilot that we created was supposed to be uh, a replacement of Jesus and Meryl, correct? It was going to follow Jesus and Meryl. Oh, see, we came in under... So, when I say we, it was me, Derek Gaines, Chloe Hilliard, everyone. Yeah. Two phenomenal comedians and actors and writers and the producers. Best. They're killing it. The They're the best. So they called on us, but the way it was presented to us was, hey, they're leaving. Or they they they, they didn't leave at the time, no, but they no, felt no, it no. in their bones. I'm telling you the you way it was presented to us. Oh, is that? No, no, no. I don't think that's true. I think you've got this completely screwed up. I'm they wanted Derek us up. To- and Chloe, Adam. and that Adam. was the way they came to us. Uh, that was the way it was presented to us. Uh, Maybe to you, truth. they told you the truth. Uh, f- from what I remember, mm-hmm. they were thinking that they would pair us with them. So Jesus and Meryl would go first, and we would come after them. Mm-hmm. And and then during production, it basically, as we were sort of started producing the show... I think yeah. the rumblings of those guys being unhappy and maybe leaving started to land and become real. Mm, okay. All right. Well, nevertheless, we we did something with nothing because they didn't want to give us shit. Right. But we did it. We made a, what would you call it a show? A variety show? I mean, no, I, I'd have said late night talk, but I mean, you could call it whatever you want. It, but it was, okay. 
I, I swear, I, I'm like trying to think about back on the timing now. I think it's your turn, by the by. I'm almost certain that's the way it happened is it, we were going to be paired. And then as we started production, it was like, oh, these guys may not hang out. And then it became, well, wait, are we going to try and replace them? How are we going to do this? Because I believe it. That's how I think it went. It was late night mm. talk. You three were the hosts and we were going over you know, daily topical news. And then you guys were being funny and we were shooting film pieces and, and yeah. um, and we have Roy Wood Jr. On as our guest. That's right. Fuck I won. Shit. Yeah. We had Roy Wood Jr. On. We did, we did uh man on the street pieces. We did take, we did sketches, man. That shit was great. All right. Look, I say play again. It says waiting for okay. opponent. Play again now, right? Yeah, I had play again, so so did I. So it says Monroe Martin, and it top. says Neil at the top. Yes. All right. Is it my so turn says, to go first. It's your turn to go first. Okay. So I just I just put it in the middle. Do you see it? All right. Yeah, I just put it. What was it like growing up in Ohio? Did you like first of all, what part of Ohio did you grow up in? Just outside Toledo. Okay. Um, total Midwestern dream. You know, very, you know, uh, suburban town just outside of Toledo, flat land. My high school was in a cornfield. We'd go outside and play wiffle ball in the backyard every day, and I'd ride my mm-hmm. bike to the store and buy baseball cards and, and you know, packs of gum. And it was, you know, uh, it was truly a suburban Midwestern um, classic upbringing. Mm. So how did your parents, first of all, before I get into the parent thing, I don't know what the classic Midwestern upbringing looks like because I grew up in Philly. Right. So what's that classic Midwestern um, upbringing look like? Is it like Napoleon Dynamite? What is it? Like, is (laughs) it just, is it really? (laughs) (laughs) It's not, it's not far (laughs) off. It's not far off given how old I am as well. Like it's not that far off. So it was, you know, I had two brothers, two sisters, and my parents in the house. So we were a big family. And, mm-hmm. uh, oh, look at this. Bingo. <laughs> Let's go. Dude, I gave you that because my screen started <laughs> acting weird, yo. My screen started acting weird. So I had to give it to you. Let's I was like, go. let me just give this to Neil. Let me give this to Neil because something up. <laughs> so wait, um, you're, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, you're half Filipino, right? That's right. So what is that like being in a Midwestern upbringing and you're biracial? Like, did you know you were biracial? No, great question. I was watching in college. I was Mm -hmm. watching in the lounge (laughs) in my dorm. This is true. I I swear to this, my hand to God. In the college dorm, I'm in the lounge and I'm watching – I believe it's Ricky Lake mm-hmm. and they had on, uh, they were, t- I don't remember who was on someone of mixed race and yeah. they were talking about how I believe it was a half black, half white woman. Yeah. And she was talking about how crazy her upbringing was because she was of a mixed race relationship. And while my father is from the Philippines and my mother was white and American, I mm-hmm. am not as in the in the in the levels of being mixed race, being half Filipino, half American is way different from being half black, half white. I completely 
understand that. What yeah. was it like? Did you feel cheated? Did, was there like a discovery? Like, question. what was your reaction? Was it like, no. holy shit, this whole That's time I'm question. not white? I, I think I... Uh, I think I understood why my dad did it. So, like, he never spoke to us Tagalog in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't, again, the culture really wasn't pushed forward. And I asked him, and he said, it's, I wanted you to be American. And I knew what that meant. Like, I knew yeah. the, the issues and the difficulties he had as an immigrant to this country. So I never questioned him. I never felt like I was cheated. I just was sort of like, this is great. I le- I'm going to lean into this. I always yeah. thought my last name was cool. And Hans I always appreciate it. Yeah, I lo- I like seeing it on the back of sports jerseys. Like mm-hmm. I was like, that looks that's a great last name. So th- I had like a general pride. And then when he it was like when being Filipino became a bigger part of my life, I just leaned into it and enjoyed it. Okay. So oh yo, you taking too long. So wait, was that you didn't have no friends that called you out? Like nobody was like, hey man, why your eyes look like that? Like nobody. So Nope. Wait, what type of people were in your neighborhood? You hung around black oh, people, boy. white people? So, some black people, but for the the large majority, the lion share was all white people. I, I mean, I, I, you know, and I they, don't even know. I don't know why I befriended the. I mean, I don't want to seem like I don't want to seem like a racist by saying this, but like I had lots. Of, <laughs> you see my face? I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, is I grew up, all my friends were white, like up until basically like the fourth or fifth grade. And then I became very close with all the black kids in the neighborhood. And I started playing basketball, became my life. And like, that's all I played. And I was constantly playing with Charles Bowman, who was in my uh, neighborhood. And I got introduced to Jason Wilson and I became like friends with all. And then I'll go, uh, I became the kid that acted black. I like appropriated culture. Oh, and I wore, shit. like starter hats and I yeah. had them sequin and it was all Georgetown stuff. And like, that's what I did for a long while. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know why I, dr- maybe I like in, in realizing that I, w- that there was an otherness to me that yeah. I wasn't just white. I drifted towards befriending all of the, all of the uh, black kids in my school. I don't know what it was, but, but do you think, Go ahead. Ultimately, most of my friends, because it was 90, probably 8% white where I grew up, most of my friends were white growing up for that reason. Mm, So that's more on your parents than you, though. I feel like for a good portion of your life, your your friends are basically wherever your parents place you. And you're just you're just fitting into that situation. So that's exactly right. What 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 changed in your what did your parents move to a different neighborhood from you to to have white friends to now having black friends? Like was it the basketball camps or did you go to like a different neighborhood to play basketball? I think it's basketball. Basketball so, is has always been the first love of my life. Mm-hmm. And and so it's the second I joined teams. I wanted to play the best players and I wanted yeah. to play with the best players and the, the other kids in my neighborhood that were obsessed with basketball were all the black kids. And that's, I think was my bridge to having not just sol- you know, solely white friends. So what made you take on the, 
So you said you started talking, you started of like appropriate. I don't even think it's appropriating black culture. No, I did. I did. I did. I did. I'll be honest. I remember. Well, no, unless you're like, so wait, did you start talking differently? Because wearing a cloak. Oh, shit, Neil. I've got a full story, bro. First off, I was whatever. I was 10 years old or 11 years old. And that was in the late 80s. Like I'm an old man. But I remember my mother saying to me, why are you talking like that? And I was like, what do you, I was like, I was like, what do you, and you know, and then I was like, what are you talking about? like, what you mean, like, yo? Yeah. You no, I did. About? I mean, I'm admitting this is the first time I've never admitted this publicly, but I did. Uh-huh. I remember changing the way I spoke. And I mean, oh. I've never been like a fashion guy, but I was okay. wearing starter everything and starter Damn. baseball jerseys and, you know, starter hats and, you know, leather hats. I remember I had a suede Georgetown hat mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was, I did, I was using a different voice and sh- my mom called me out and then eventually I stopped it. Like I stopped it before high school, but there yeah. was a period where I was like, it's, I am like part of this group of kids that are accepting me if I talk the way they talk. Yeah, damn. I'm not proud of that. You listen. I'm not proud of that. I'm admitting it. I've grown. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about it because I think dressing, like yes, what you did was cultural appropriation. Because sometimes I go dressing, fashion is fashion. Like everybody takes from everybody to create a look. Right. Like if you don't, then you're just a robot. But everybody borrows shit. But once you start talking like that, (laughs) and then it becomes a thing. I didn't think you were talking like that. I thought you were just like. Damn, so your mom called you out on it and your yes. friends just let you rock out? No one, no, like, no one blinked. My, yes, my friends were seemingly like, I don't, listen, I don't know because I didn't talk to them. And maybe they were offended. And How long were you black for? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say it lasted for a full calendar year. Because I, I remember... Monroe, I remember going to the apartment complex down the street where all of my black friends lived, uh-huh. and I played craps on the steps. Get the fuck out I'm of not here, joking. Neil. We're in the stairwell <laughs> playing craps, and every friend in the group had to buy their own dice. So I had these green dice, and I was like, these are my lucky dice for when I go shoot craps. Wow. I lost. Damn. <laughs> A good story out. made you lose. Yo, that's a great story. Like you went full, you were black for a in. year, and it was amazing. Most people, most people have a terrible time. They get outed by their family or some shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the family is like, we don't fuck with you no more. You was black for a whole year. It was like this shit was great. Did you probably got chased by some cops? You ever got chased by cops? <laughs> I never got chased by cops. I never got How chased many... by cops. <laughs> How many? That's such t- a funny did... question, though. So within that that year, well, that was ten years old, right? So it's nine to ten years old. It may have been like ten to eleven, or maybe even eleven to twelve, somewhere in that like wow. almost. almost I, I'm going to say it was like eighth grade, so like seventh to eighth grade. I bet you that's the exact pocket. So when your mom was buying your clothes at the time, when she was like, damn, this shit getting baggier and baggier. Great question. How does she? That's a great question. I don't think she thought about it. I was like, can I have that 
can I, I I had like four of those baseball, those starter baseball jerseys that had like mm-hmm. a team name across the front. Yeah. And like one of some of them were pinstripe. I had like four or five of them. I don't think she thought twice about it. I think she just thought sports, Neil loves sports. So we'll get him the yeah. sports thing. But like the bagginess of it, the way I wore it, I don't think it ever registered to her. I don't think she cared twice. I don't think she thought about it. Were you, a, even though your dad wanted you to have the traditional American upbringing, you still, yes. like there were, you still got to vi- visit the Philippines or no. would they come never? I keep? never, I never went to the Philippines until recently. I went like, a, like three weeks ago is the first time I'd ever been there. I'm an old man already. Mmm, how was it? Did it feel like home? Was it like Africa? I've never seen a statue of a Filipino person before. Very short? Are they short statues? (laughs) Hey, listen. You're tall because of the white side. Like some Scandinavian snuck in there. (laughs) Right, your your mom ain't just white white. Like there's like some something tall in the gene pool, right? That's right. All right, yep. No, but I I had never seen a, Fili- a Filipino sta- a statue of a Filipino person before. So you're there, mm-hmm. and the first place we went was where my uncle was born, and my uncle is named after the the okay. region Cebu. And so I'm like looking at this going, my grandparents and my ancestors worked this ground. Like they were Mm. toes in this dirt to raise a family. All right. So you, you, you didn't go to the Philippines until recently, but you said he would eat Filipino food in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) So what, was there a reason to why he was eating it in the basement? He wasn't eating in the basement. You said right in the basement. Me. You said it. That was your joke. Uh, okay. He would eat it. He, my father ate Filipino food every single day. And yeah. we had three karaoke machines in the house. Not to be, you know, uh, stereotypically Filipino, but like karaoke, yeah. Filipinos and karaoke is heavy. It's like a real thing. Oh. So the, the, the Filipino culture was part of my upbringing, but it wasn't something that, you know, we didn't speak the language and we didn't. So- Did you ever feel like you had to defend your father? Were you getting in the fights with kids because they would question. make for his accent, make fun of his accent? That's a good question. No. And again, maybe I didn't perceive it because I was in my own world. Yeah. But I never really thought like, also for the record, I was like a big dude. I was always a big dude. I was like a good student. I was yeah. like decent at basketball. So I never found myself. I also on my street was like the two most popular kids in my school. So mm-hmm. they accepted me. So I never felt like I never really felt like an other that that never yeah. happened. I, I I knew I was Filipino. I knew I was half Filipino, but it never Damn, Ohio sound like a good place to grow up. You know what? You know what the truth is? It's probably because of my parents and how good my parents were yeah as folks and the way they raised me that i just was confident and never felt like out of place mm. that's probably where the credit should go less to nah, ohio and more to my folks okay more to, now i'm hearing the ohio because you're saying folks the way you said folks <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah now that i've never heard it before until now until i'm like oh wow Damn. He really is from Ohio. <laughs> yeah. So how'd you know you were even, like, even though your dad was sneaking Filipino food, did you, like, have friends over? Would they come over and would it be like, yo, Filipino night, we go sing karaoke? 
Uh, no, not really. It, I mean, they, you know, they'd come over. Like sometimes I would be like, if a friend come over, I'd be like, my dad's gonna have this like food that's like, you know, you've never seen it before, and it's gonna smell a certain way, and blah blah. blah. But I wouldn't do it out of like a fear. I wouldn't oh. do it like. Oh, I've got to say this because they're going to make fun of me and I'm going to feel stupid. I just yeah. be like, you're going to see some shit you've never seen before in your life. And, mm. and that's, you know, just be prepared for it. Uh, and nobody out of shame. And none of your friends was like, oh, can I get some? Can I get some, Mr. Punceline? Never? Never. Never. Oh, see, also, my that's father... the difference between a black home. Black home, you walk in there and you ain't never had something. A nice black home. There's some right. black people who are, they ain't going to give you shit. They're going to be like, right. yo, you you didn't ask. But if there's a home you go into and you ain't never had something before, they're like, what? No, nah, you got to have this. You got to try this. So I wanted yeah, to that, know, was your home the same? No, no. My father uh, my father was like 5'7", and he constantly walked around with his hands behind his back, mm -hmm. and he was like judging everything. And he okay. didn't talk. Who be ass in the house? Who who did the majority of asking? Oh, that's a good question. So my mother did most of the disciplining, but my mm. dad was the hammer. So okay. if if you know he'd come in, he was like the nuclear option. If if he had to get involved, something went seriously left. But generally, day to day, you didn't mm. finish your homework, you didn't eat dinner, whatever you know that sort of stuff. You broke the you know house with a basketball. That stuff yeah. was my mom. But then if it was like serious. The old man got involved. So, so what was serious? So, your mom would punish you by grounding you, beating you, what? Talking to you? Uh, uh, I, yelling, uh, grounding, spanking, that stuff. Um, okay. And serious would be fighting with my brother. And then how did? You know, speeding ticket, like stuff like that. Then it was my dad. And your dad did what? So what was the difference? So your mom, she did what she could do. But if your dad stepped in, then there had to be a, a, a change in, in disciplinary style. So what was he, he doing? He, it, was the threat of, it was the threat of violence. That, that's the real answer. It was the threat mm. of violence. Oh, so he never um, beat so you, was, He never beat me, but he would say... You know what happened to me when I was a kid? I got hit with a belt. My dad would take a belt and he'd hit and he'd grab his belt, but mm. he never did it. And to be mm. perfectly frank, I was never really worried he was going to do it. And maybe that was my own arrogance, or maybe oh. it was the belief that my father wouldn't do that. I don't know what it was. But in my head, I was never really worried that if I Have you ever seen your dad get into a fight in the street? No. Or get close, close to it? Like you ever seen any him yeah, I've seen him get mad. Right? Okay. Yeah, I've seen him get mad and stuff, but it never to like the point of where I was like nervous about violence. He kept a baseball bat in his car underneath the his seat, and I was like, yeah. "What are you gonna do? What are you doing with that baseball bat? Why is that in the car?" And he's like, "Just in case." And I thought, you know, I dismissed it out of hand as a kid, but then when I got to like my teen years, I'm like, "Yeah." If this dude ever has to grab that baseball bat, he's a hundred percent gonna get beaten with his own baseball bat. Because my dad was a little guy. He was a little, you know, he's a little Filipino guy. He was like five seven at the most. Yeah. So it it went from thinking, oh, I guess he has that in case he needs it. To damn, my old man's gonna get beaten with his own baseball bat here pretty soon. Damn. <laughs> That's a weird way to. <laughs> they were like, whoa. That's so I, I thought it was just man shit. Like eventually, 
as a man, you got to have something. You got to have something in your car, right? Or something by the back door. You just don't got nothing. He had, he, who, me? Wait, are you talking about me now? Do you have anything? No, I don't have any weapons in my car. Yo! Can I tell a story? Hold on, can I Go tell ahead. a quick story? Yeah, I, tell a story. Tell any story you want. This is mortifying to admit, but it's the truth, and I think it'll make for decent podcast content. When I was a teenager, when I was a kid, this is how old I am. When I was a mm-hmm. kid, the toy guns looked like guns. Yeah. Right? Oh, so I remember as those. I became yeah. a teenager and started driving, I think I found a toy gun and I thought, how funny would it be if I had this gun in the car and then the next time somebody fucks with me driving, I'll like show it to him. And so some dude was like swerving and like trying to race me. And mm-hmm. I got up alongside him and I took the toy gun out of the car, which I had there for this express purpose. And as I pulled up alongside him, I just went like this. <laughs> and really waved the toy gun in the window. And they saw it and panicked. And I drove off. And so I kept the toy gun in the car in a hidden spot for that expressed reason and then i used it but my mother never found it my father never found it because i didn't have my own car yeah i just had a toy gun in the car but no i don't have anything in my car now how old were you six i had to have been 16 16 and they just that's funny it's it's really stupid but i and then yeah but you we do stupid things we do (laughs) stupid shit as kids it is me and my friends we got chased by a homeless dude we had to (laughs) Well, not what even because they were you fucking with him. Uh, they, yeah, of course. But they <laughs> fuck with us. It's Philly. The homeless people fuck with you, and you fuck with them. But never like, like threatened violence. It's more of like a, like if they ask you for change, and then you be like, nah, and they're like, fuck out of here, and then you gotta roast them and shit like that. And like we we were like, you know, when you get a a, a camera, like you remember your first time getting a camera, like a video camera. And you remember that you just recorded your outings. You didn't do nothing. Right. You went, we're going That's downtown. That's right. So with that, we were just recording us going downtown. And the homeless dude thought we was recording him. And he started chasing us. Like, give me that camera, motherfucker. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it like, we had to run. Because we were going to beat this homeless dude ass. <laughs> Even as a kid, we were smart enough to know, like, yo, we could. We're choosing to run. Right. <laughs> we're like, look. <laughs> Let's just skedaddle so this doesn't end off end weird. Skin but yeah, no, he chases some blocks. Homeless people used to always fuck with us. That's I don't know why. In Philly, we just had a, a really home a rich homeless experience. Like one one homeless dude threatened. Now I don't think he was homeless. He was just in a wheelchair. Um, he was on. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we was in the, we were standing outside. I remember this. We were standing on South Street, outside. Like South Street is a very popular street in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. It's like um, I can't even. I don't even know what to make it in New York because New York right. got so many fucking yeah, streets. Yeah, yeah. But this is like South Street is the strip. You go down there, they got all the bars, all the storefronts, all the uh, clubs. All that shit, comedy club down there. You can see everything. It, all right, it's like um, so you know, like the French Quarter in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's like our version. Of- How passing were you? Because right now, I clearly see that you mix. 
But as a kid, did you just look white with dark hair? No, I, I would say I looked more I would I would say I was far darker as a kid because I was always outside. And if I'm outside, I I will get dark. I will, you know, show the Ooh. Filipino complexion. I'll be much browner. And I was always out as a kid playing basketball. So I mm. probably looked more Filipino then than I do now. Now you've got mm. white in my beard. Like I can just pass as a white guy in any mall. Yeah. So, when did you start listening to rap music? Uh, 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 I know exactly when. Uh, 1986. No, oh. 1985. 1985, Damn. the Chicago Bears released the Super Bowl Shuffle. Mm -hmm. And I listened to that song, and I saw the video, and I was always a big sports fan, and I loved Walter Payton and his aesthetic, and like that Bears team was amazing, and the refrigerator yeah. area, et cetera, et cetera. They put out a rap song. To me, they were like the first, and maybe someone else did it, but in my head, they were like the first sports team to do like the rap song thing. Mm. And when I saw that, I was like, what is this music? And somebody was like, rap. And because no one else in my family listened to rap, I chose rap music mm -hmm. because no one else in my family liked it. I explicitly chose it because it would be my thing. Yeah. So 1986 is the answer I got. I went 19... to Kmart. I bought a tape that was called Power Rap, and it's because it had... Uh... What type of music do you think you were conceived to? If both of your parents play oh, instruments... How dare you? How wait, dare you? <laughs> what, do you think? what do you think they dropped that net to? <laughs> how dare you ask me that question? Hey, everybody get asked that question. Everybody get asked that question, and they answer. I've watched like I watched every episode of this show. You've never asked one of your other guests yes, what, I their, have. what music their parents were listening to when they had sex. Yes, I go. What music were you conceived to? No, it's you do there. not ask that. question. Yo, watch audience. If you can find it, audience. If you can find the moments, can you clip them, and then we just release them. <laughs> clip those moments for me, people. If you're listening and you really like this podcast. You would clip those moments for me and then send what them to Neil Funtalan. <laughs> what music did my parents? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't mm. want to think about that. But like I like because that's the music that your parents listen to when they're happy. Right. So like even though my mom and dad weren't together, like my I know I was conceived to some sort of like soul because that's what my mom listened. She loved R&B. Right. She loved soul music. Right. So that's what she was listening to. She probably, she probably was doing her thing to rap music, but at the time, rap music wasn't a fuckable music. I was born in '86. <laughs> uh, rap music ain't fuckable at that time. That's what you got, Easy E? <laughs> <laughs> Just the Super Bowl. She didn't go to church growing up. No, I did. I went to church every week. My father was from the Philippines, so I was born and raised in the Catholic Church. So, oh, he chose the Catholic Church. Because some Filipinos do take the loud church, like the sing-songy churches, because they yes. like to sing. You know what I right. mean? But That's he was right. like, 100%. nah, fuck that. We're going to play it he to was, the back. Yeah, he, he <laughs> was Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I was an altar boy as a kid. Mm -hmm. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm no longer a practicing catholic but i was raised catholic i was an altar boy for like three or four years or something for a not insignificant part of my life mm. 
So me a link to another room. Oh, okay. Well, no, I don't even have an internet right now, and it says lost oh. connection. So okay. yeah, we're just talking until All right. it loads back up. All right, there we go. We're back. Oh, never mind. You're not joined in any game. All right, so I gotta reset it or some shit. Yeah. So with the Catholic upbringing, did you grew up in a God-fearing house? Did you believe in heaven, hell? Yeah. Uh, the 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 commandments and all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was you know it was I would say it was pretty heavy like golden rule stuff in my house. Like I think my father was a bit more pragmatic about religion mm. than like if you don't if you don't do this, there's going to be internal damnation. I think he was sort of like, hey, if this shit ends up being real, yeah. it's going to help that I went to church every week, is it not? Like he was a bit more pragmatic about it than anything else. But we, I went to church every week, you know, I, I was, you know, what, what do you call it? Bap, you know, I was baptized. I was confirmed. I mm. did like the whole Catholic upbringing thing. Mm, okay. Sorry, hold on. What the fuck is happening? Oh, that's where I'm fucking up at. I'm choosing the wrong thing. The game is four minutes. Hold on. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Did you ever experience the other type of churches? Uh, like once I you started making black friends, nobody was like, yo, you got to come to my church. That's very funny. No, uh, I never went to a black church. I think I went to church with a friend that was like ecumenical, like, you know, had mm-hmm. sort of like a... You know, everyone is welcome at this church. I think I've been to one of those churches, but it, I, I think it was because I was with the family and they were going and I was like, I don't want to go home. And so I just went with them. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. So for the record, for the record, the Catholic church is pretty fucked up and I don't support the things the Catholic church does now. But when you're a kid, or at least when you're the kid I was and you had the parents mm-hmm. I had, you went to church because your parents said, we're going to church today. Yeah, no. How was your parents with academics? Like, were they were they like sit at the table with you until you get it right? Like, smack you in the back of your head? Well, of course they didn't hit you, but uh, maybe they did. Did you get your ass whooped for being stupid? No, I, I, well, no, no, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have spanked us for being dumb. uh, School was definitely pushed in my house, Mm -hmm. and my mom would definitely check my homework. But I never felt like they had to do it for me. And they certainly never sat over my shoulder watching it. I would just, you know, if I was uncertain about something, I'd take it to my mom and she'd check it and I'd be good. But if I knew I if I knew I had it, then I wouldn't even take it to her. Oh, that's a, lucky you. You had a mom that knew shit. Some people parents don't know nothing. They don't know anything. You know what's, you know what's funny is I remember asking my mother, how do you know so much stuff? Yeah. And what she said? And I, she was like, I read books. I, I read books. That's that's how you get smart as you read books. Read, 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 read. That was like the most important thing to her was mm-hmm. reading. But I remember explicitly going, how do you know everything? Mm. That's dope. Yeah. Are knows. you like that with your children? Are you like, you? can they come to you? For Do you know people who got beat for being stupid? <laughs> like, for real, I know people. 
I like the joy of the joy, not the joy. The benefit of foster care is I got to bounce around and live in other and live in many different types of homes. And I would see kids who would just be getting smacked upside the head because they didn't know the answer. Like the answer ain't going to magically pop out just because you hitting them in the back of the head. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever witnessed that. Did you get hit as a kid for for being stupid? Yeah, hell yeah, man. That's why the back of my head is flat. My wife was like, "Why the back of your head so flat?" Cause I never knew shit. I didn't know anything. They're like, "Y'all know this? Y'all know this?" We shouldn't be laughing. I shouldn't be laughing about this. That's very a very sad thing to say out loud. But it is funny. It's funny. That's the <laughs> most important part. If it's funny, if it gets a laugh, it helps me deal with the trauma. Because <laughs> now that if we all sitting here in silence, I'm like, oh shit, oh, I was abused. Damn shit. <laughs> <laughs> if if I knew someone that got hit for being stupid, they kept it silent and, and never shared it with me, which I feel if it happened, I'd feel bad about. Mm. What was the worst birthday party you, what'd you say? It's your turn, Go. I want to beat you. Oh, okay. You're not. Uh, What's the worst birthday party I I went to? Yeah, that you've ever had. Oh, that I've ever had? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was pretty, I I mean, I don't want to ruin this question, but I think I was a pretty grateful kid. Like when oh. I had a birthday party, I was like, this is the best. All my friends are here and there's a birthday cake and these people are giving me gifts. Oh, there was never a McDonald's birthday where. No, I, I heard you yeah. ask that to other people. I never had a McDonald's birthday. I had a birthday party in a bowling alley. There's videotape of it because mm-hmm. I love to bowl and I liked, I thought I was good at bowling. And yeah. so my old man would record me bowling so that I could go back and watch how I bowled and like learn yeah. from it. So there's footage of me wearing like a Notre Dame football jersey and like baggy sweatpants, and I think I had like a towel. You know, mm-hmm. some football players will wear like a towel in their in their waist to like keep yeah. their hands dry and shit. I wore a towel in my waistband bowling, and I'm like bowling and high fiving dudes. And I don't know, maybe maybe some kids would think a bowling alley party is lame, but I was like, nah, this is the best birthday party ever. Were you good at bowling? I'm as good at bowling as I am at Connect Four, baby. Let's go. You didn't win. Did you win? Yes, I won. Where? If you Where's don't see w? it. If you don't see it, I'll it's, screen cap it and send it to yo, you. Yo, it's right not here. showing me. Yeah, Wait, neighbor, right here, did you grow up in a superstitious family? No. 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 My, no. my family was pure logic, black and white logic. So the idea of this is bad luck would have been completely dismissed in my house. So then why, so why they go to church? Oh, that's a good, I mean, that's a good question. I'm I'm, I'm telling you because I've had that conversation with my father. He Mm -hmm. would say to me, if this is all real, it will behoove me that I've gone to church and I've done these things. But it wasn't, he wouldn't, you know, that's actually, now that I'm thinking about it, he would say go Mm. to church because uh, for good luck. He go go to church mm. for good luck, but I don't believe he didn't like think about bad luck. That never yeah. really got brought up. But good okay. luck, hey, do this because maybe it helps you down the road. That premise would come up, but never okay. really like, hey, uh, don't walk under this ladder because it's going to be black, bad luck and something bad's going to happen to our family. Or you know, I broke mirrors okay. and shit in the house, and nobody was like, oh shit, we're we're screwed. 
Because mm, I was wondering if there were any Filipino uh, superstitions that I didn't know about. Oh, a ton. When I, when my, but again, it was like my, my grandmother. It wasn't like my old man. My dad didn't care about that stuff. But my grandmother, yeah. when I lost my first tooth, she was like, you have to, what was it? She was like, you have to put this in rice or some shit mm -hmm. or for good luck or something and then she spotted i have like a freckle i have like one freckle on my face right here on yeah. my nose right under my eye and my grandmother said oh no you have a freckle on your eye and i was like yeah so what and she goes it means that you're gonna have one tear run out of your eye and over that freckle she was i think she was like you're you're the love of your life is gonna die or something i think oh. grandmother said that shit to me when i was a kid and i was like okay whatever and and it stuck I mean, with you ever since i remember her saying that i remember her saying you're gonna have one tear run over that freckle and something bad is gonna happen in your life but you know i've been very lucky as of as of yet knock on wood mm, i'm pretty sure bad shit has happened you just have a good outlook on it yeah maybe maybe yeah mm, all right because i grew up I grew up with some people who were superstitious and some people who could give a shit. Did you, boy, so when, but what did you think? Were you superstitious? Mm, I'm more spiritual than superstitious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, wait, I don't think there's... So when I say superstitious, superstition yeah. is like splitting poles, right? spitting on brooms and shit, right. and throwing salt over your shoulder. <laughs> I'm not brooms. that... Yo, you don't know about the spitting on broom? If somebody <laughs> no. spit your feet, you got to spit on it. That's so funny. <laughs> You didn't know that? No, so that I grew up, yeah, and I think my wife practices it too, or it's like it's like bad luck. So in group homes, like they would do that shit, like because you got to do community uh, chores, right? So yeah. there's no, in the group homes I lived in, there were no, they were cleaning people, but most of the time we cleaned our own space. So we had the fucking God. like sweeping shit and you sweep a kid right. foot and they're like, yeah, you saw my foot, motherfucker. Right. Now, now I got spit on the brooms, bad luck. That's so funny. Yeah. I know I've never heard that. Ugh. Damn. I thought you'd have heard of that. No. Damn, I'm weird. No, I told you. Um, I'm trying to think, but spirituality to me is more of believing there's a higher power mm. or there's a better a, a bigger purpose mm. and believing that you you can create you can't control shit, but you can create you can create things out of nowhere you know what i mean right. like it's more of like there's like i don't know if i'm explaining it right but i don't necessarily believe in religion but i think it comes from a place i think Same. our religion is there to make you look within yourself that's right, right. I would agree so with that. that's how i believe in it but i don't believe in it like if you follow these rules yeah. you're gonna go to this place Same. yeah because i might <laughs> I, follow, I think yeah. it's I think it's beautiful when someone has a faith that is meaningful to their life, and I think that's lovely. It's not how I currently mm -hmm. live. Yeah. Bingo. How you live? Game. I just won, baby. Dude, you didn't win. Yes, I did. It says it's I won. It's cheating for you. Oh, shit. Let's, Let's see. Let's play again. Play again. Then it's saying the internet is it's fucking me up. It's saying lost uh, connection. Hold uh, tight. Yeah, it's your internet. Then. So it's wait, here's my last question. So here's my last question then. So you said you don't live like that. So what is how now that you you were raised Catholic mm. and what did you fall on now? Now that you have a family and you have lived life and uh, you have all these experiences, 
how have you chosen to live your can life? Can I answer this seriously? Is this am I supposed you to? You can answer however you want. Seriously? You can answer it seriously. It's my podcast, the, my friend. The the <laughs> I would say the guiding, and I didn't learn this until uh, later in life. Mm-hmm. But I think the guiding purpose of life mm. is love. I think you're yeah, just supposed absolutely. to like love people. You're mm-hmm. supposed to love the things you're doing and the life yeah. that you have. And I think that's the whole point of life. I don't think there's anything else we're actually supposed to do. You're just supposed to feel love. You're supposed to find someone you love. You're supposed to find friends that you love. You're supposed to love your family if you have one. You're supposed to love animals and be kind to them and help them. You're supposed Mm. to love reading and movies and music and whatever it is that your hobbies are. And you're supposed to find a job that you love and feel like you're giving back to people because that's love. And I think that's the whole purpose. So some people might go, well, that's the core of Christianity or, or Buddhism or Hinduism or whatever religion they believe in. I go, that's fine. I just don't use that name and I don't follow those rules. I just go, do I love what I'm doing? Do I love, am I loving my wife? Am I loving? Like at what age did you come to that way of thinking? Was that as a kid? Was that when did you go, "Uh, I'm not religious anymore? And did you have um, was, to tell your parents? No, it, no. My my old man told, said one thing to me when I was a kid. He was like, you go to college. He was like, I don't care what you do, but you're going to college. And if you go to college and you graduate college, you can do whatever you want to do. You want to get a face tattoo, get a face tattoo. I don't yeah. care what you do. Our deal is you go to college and then do whatever you want to do. You're an adult. Go do ever whatever, whatever you want to do. So I never had to explain um, the sort of me giving up the religion to my old man, I'd go home and he'd be like, did you go to church? And I'd be like, dad, what's what, what, what does it mean to go to church? Could I have just, yeah. you know, and then he sort of realized it wasn't going and he'd give me a hard time about it, but he was never like go because you're letting us down as a family or you're going to go to hell. Like that stuff never happened. He just would sort of make me feel bad about it. It was in college. I went to a very Catholic college Mm-hmm. And everyone there was pretty Catholic. Was your family affectionate towards each other? Was it never. like, did you never? They didn't never. like your dad. They I've never, ass I've never, and shit? never. I've never seen my father give my mother a kiss. I've never heard my father say the word love to anyone in our family. It just wasn't his culture. He just mm. didn't use that word. So it was the exact opposite. And I apologize to my wife all the time for being the least romantic person on the planet. But it's because I never saw it as a kid. They were never affectionate to each other. But you you understand love and you understand to give love and all of that stuff. Is that, does that come, is love and affection two different things? Yes. Well, yes, but they they also go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. They are this, they are two different things, but they also go hand in hand. Like I think Mm -hmm. when you love someone to show them that you love someone, which I think is part of love is to make sure that someone knows it and feels it and sees it. Uh, I do then think affection is important. I knew my parents. I mean, I knew my mother was very, my mother was a bit more affectionate than my father. I knew my father loved me. My father worked like a dog 
to to, yeah. to take care of me and my brothers and sisters. So there was no part of me that ever questioned whether my father loved me. I just didn't hear it and I didn't see it, but I knew it and felt it. And that's yeah. probably more. Important. What's your family motto? If your if your family had one, what oh, would be their motto? Man, that's what a good one. I've yeah. never considered that. Uh, what's my family's motto? That's a good one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say my family's motto was circle the wagons. Circle the wagons. Back to back. You're back to back. Don't turn your back. It's about loyalty. It's about, mm -hmm. hey, when something goes wrong, whether you're fighting with this dude, whether this brother or sister is your best friend now, when mm -hmm. shit hits the fan, you got to be there. You got to circle the wagons and be there for that person no matter what is going on in the rest of your life or how that person might treat you. If that's mm -hmm. your blood, if they've got your name, when it counts, you got to answer the bell, circle the wagons. That that would oh. be when I was raised, that's I would say that was the governing uh thought in my house. And you pass that down to your kids. For sure. For They're sure. Old. I think I think so. everyone that carries my name now knows that sentiment and that idea for sure. That's what I'm talking about. Yo, Neil, thank you for doing this podcast, man. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Man. Tell these people where they can find you. Tell them about First Ballot, the First Ballot podcast uh, before you abandon ship and pass it on to somebody uh, else. No, I'm fucking too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing I did start a podcast it's called First Ballot Hall of Fame Podcast we talk about uh, different great sports moments and every week we decide if a different sports moment should go into our Hall of Fame we decide if it gets inducted we've had a lot of great guests people far funnier than and more entertaining than me Roy Wood Jr. I know you had on your podcast he mm -hmm. came on mine as well um, Sean O'Connor comedian we've had showrunners directors um, athletes come on, uh, Marshawn Lynch came on the show. So it's a lot of fun. It's on any platform, podcast platform that you listen to first ballot hall of fame podcast. Come check it out. Make sure to check it out. All right, Neil. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. <laughs>